time is 3.36 p.m. Um, so we'll do the Pledge of Allegiance. Um, we have a, a land acknowledgement. The Alameda County Parks, Recreation, and Historical Commission recognizes and appreciates the indigenous people who lived in the area for thousands of years in relative harmony. And now we'll move on to item D, roll call. Uh, Commissioner Farley. Here. Commissioner Felix is not present. Commissioner Menard. Present. Commissioner Patterson. Commissioner Willis and Vice Chair Schmelz. Present. And uh, Chair McKnight is, is not currently present. Uh, so we do have a quorum. So the next item on the agenda is open forum. I have, it looks like one request to speak. Mm, Lee? If you want to step up to the mic, uh, you have uh, three minutes. Just go on when you talk. Um, yeah, it, when we're looking at these uh, parks, recreation, historical issues, um, a lot of times we fool ourselves and uh, think that uh, everything is, in, is under the control of the county or maybe under control of the cities. Or uh, And uh, that's actually uh, uh, um, a mistake. Um, to do parks, recreation, and historical uh, stuff, you need uh, undeveloped land if you really want to expand. If you have a, a, a you know a vision for 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 doing things bigger and better, and uh, you need historical resources, and to do that, you need vast amounts of un of of the, of the land and a lot of history. And uh, if you look at uh, what kind of government agencies have that besides a county. Um, uh, take a look at the city of New York. They own like a big chunk of the Adirond Adirondack Mountains, a huge chunk. And uh, the footprint of any major urban area, any major city, the, uh, the uh, rural footprint in terms of watershed is huge, much bigger than the city itself. And that's also the case for San Francisco and the Hetch Hetchy, which is right next to Yosemite. And did you know that they own tens of thousands of acres in Alameda County? Did you know that uh, their water temple was shut down about six years ago and uh, they told us it would be re reopened pretty soon and it's still not open? Um, it's been about something like six years. It was supposed to be opened at the, end, uh, at the end of 2018. It's still not open, the water temple. That's historic. That's as, 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 as uh, historic as it gets. They own two lakes. They own, uh, in, in this county, they, they own... Uh, incredible amounts of stuff and they have this habit of not letting people walk around not letting people hike around in the in the, in the rural areas they have all these uh excuses but um uh you know it is uh incumbent upon them to start delivering and there's another historic resource which is brand new it's going to be historic because it already has the uh some of the the uh um, uh, a description of the cultural history of Sonol and uh, the Tri-Valley in it. It's called the uh, Sonol Water, Watershed Center, Sonol 
visitor center. Uh, and uh, it is already built or half built or mostly built. That thing was uh, started construction in something like uh, 2020 or maybe 2019. And uh, they said it was going to be finished in early 2022. Check your calendar. It's 2024 now, guys. And uh, now they're hoping to finish it uh, this year, which means, what does that mean? It means about 11 months, maybe, if you believe them. Uh, so now we're on a two, and it was supposed to take two years to build. It's now going to take four or five years to build a two-year project. You can't just brush that off and say, oh, we had a, a pandemic. We had a coronavirus. That's that, that that's uh, not how it works. So that that is still sitting there waiting to be opened, and they just keep pushing the date out. The water temple keeps being shut down and all that vast potential for parks, recreation, historical is not being fully utilized. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, if you're online and would like to speak in open forum on an item not on the agenda, you can raise your hand now. There are no raised hands. Okay. Uh, we'll move on to the next item, which is approval of minutes from previous meeting, December 7th, 2023. Um, are there any comments or corrections to the minutes? But a comment. It sounds like that we were all late for the meeting because the way they phrased it, which is all the names, and then it says... Uh, McKnight, Willis, I've late. So it sounds like both those people arrived late. And then it says Commissioners Al, Jim Patterson, Clint arrived late. Sounds like the, the whole group arrived late because the actual person isn't in parentheses. If you look at where the commas are, the 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 arrived late in parentheses is supposed to go with, with the, the name on the I, okay i move to accept the minutes as presented i second that i know Commissioner farley i Commissioner Menard? Yes. Commissioner Patterson? Yes. Commissioner Willis? Yes. And Vice Chair Schmeltz? Yes. The minutes are adopted uh, as written. Thank you. Um, the next item G, uh, Chair and Staff Reports. Um, no chair right now. I have no reports, but um, Liz, any staff reports? Uh, there are no staff reports today. All right. So moving on to item H, new business. Uh, this is public hearing to reaffirm previous commission actions to nominate White Cotton Cottage, uh, San Lorenzo Pioneer Cemetery, Old Castro Valley Library, and Nike Missile Site uh, to the County Register of Historic Resources. I have a PowerPoint to share with you. Um, 
so uh, as you know, uh, this this has uh, been a long time coming, and I, I appreciate your patience uh, as we uh, deal with uh, a, a lot of projects on our plates. Um, I, since it had been a while since uh, your commission had considered uh, several of these properties and uh, some of you are new to the commission and, and may not be that familiar with the properties. Uh, and also because the historic preservation ordinance has a noticing requirement to uh, allow for notification of the public um, that um, either owns property or resides in the area of these uh, properties. Uh, I, I wanted to bring this back to you to uh, have you reaffirm your your previous uh, decisions, if, if that's what you choose to do, um, and to just make sure that the public's aware of this and, and has an opportunity for input. Um, so I would like to um, make a, a brief presentation um, just to reacquaint you with the, um, the properties and the the process that we're going through, and then uh, provide a timeline for um, presenting these properties to the Board of Supervisors for consideration. Just uh, a, a quick uh, update or summary of the Historic Preservation Ordinance. Uh, the ordinance was approved by the Board of Supervisors in January of 2012, and the uh, Historic Preservation Ordinance established the um, the county register of historic resources. It, it also established the criteria and procedures for placement of properties on the register. So that is the process that we're using to um, to nominate these properties. Um, the ordinance also contains criteria and requirements for four designation categories for placement on the register. There's landmark, that's the considered the highest level. Uh, historic preservation district would apply to multiple buildings uh, covered uh, in the same area. Uh, cr contributing resource to a historic preservation district would refer to the, the buildings that are included in the historic preservation district, which um, have historic value uh, and are the the reason for the district to exist. So there there might be like say if a neighborhood were designated a historic preservation district, there might be buildings that were built more recently and and would not be considered historic resources. So they would not be contributing resources. And there's also a structure of merit, which is uh, a designation that applies to. Um, resources that are not considered quite as as um, significant as uh, a landmark. Uh, the Historic Preservation uh, uh, um, Ordinance also authorizes the Board of Supervisors, the PRHC, or property owners to nominate a resource for placement on the register. It also requires that the PRHC hold a public hearing to consider placement of a resource on the register and has a noticing requirement, as I just mentioned, to, to let the public know that um, the, the hearing is happening and, and what resource is being nominated. 
the, the ordinance also requires notification of the planning commission in the event of a nomination of a historic preservation district. Uh, I, I believe this was intended more for a, a situation where there's multiple properties with multiple owners, like a, a neighborhood or a, 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 a particular street or something like that. Um, so the property that you have nominated for a historic district doesn't quite fit into there, but in, to comply with the ordinance, we are still um, planning to take that particular property to the Planning Commission just to give them an opportunity to comment and, and let them know um, that, that that property is being uh, nominated. Sorry. Um, placement of a property on the register must be approved by the Board of Supervisors by adoption of an uncodified ordinance at a public hearing. So an uncodified ordinance is one that it, it's still an ordinance with the force of law, but it it's it doesn't have a, a section number. You if you look in the um, the general code, uh, you wouldn't find it listed there. But it but it is still an ordinance. Um, and on uh, July eighth, twenty fourteen, at the recommendation of the PRHC, the board voted to place eleven properties on the register, all privately owned, with the exception of Sonol Glen School and uh, no properties have been added to the register since then. So this is, um, these additions would be the, um, the, the first to happen since 2014. Can I ask a clarifying question quickly? Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of landmark, landmark versus district, uh, does that indicate uh, a singular building versus multiple buildings or can a landmark be multiple buildings? Uh, a, a landmark would be one building or property, um, or, uh, and a district would be multiple buildings. So you could have you could have something that um, has uh, you know, the significance of a landmark in a district. It's just that you're recognizing the the context, the historical context um, of the the location of the building within the the uh, the cluster of other buildings. Uh, so if uh, a property is placed on the register, there are certain requirements that need to be met. Um, the, the Historic Preservation Ordinance establishes a process for design review of exterior changes to properties listed on the county register. And there's a, quite an extensive process, uh, or, or a list of um, exterior modifications that require approval and then uh, it the ordinance outlines the process that that has to be um, adhered to for the those changes uh, and in I have a question yes. um, when they do the ordinance do they have an age limit where they say okay now we got to start looking at this building because it's old and want to do too many modification or a date in the ordinance for the um, for the review of the exterior modifications, that is only that only applies to properties that are actually listed on the register. Um, so, if they want to put in new windows or put a different kind of roof on or or you know, add something um, 
to the exterior that's visible from the exterior. Um, it needs to go through this process. Um, and once it's on the register, it's, it stays on the register until someone um, applies to have it removed. Um, so once it's listed, the, the age is, isn't significant. Yes. Uh, somebody has a historic building and uh, planning department or somebody doesn't necessarily pick it up that it's a historic building and allows them to put in uh, different windows or a different roof or something. Is there any anything we can do to restore the building to the way it was before? Uh, the, the ordinance does have uh, an enforcement uh, <clears throat> um, section that talks about you know, if, if somebody does some um, modification of the building that does not comply with the ordinance, there is an enforcement section for, um, and, and it could involve, for example, making them take the windows out and-, and Even if the planning department has said that it, the modification is allowed because they well, hadn't read the ordinance. Well, in in the case of windows, that would be up to the building department because the the planning department wouldn't look at you know they they would look at uh, you know or or something like that something more uh, where more construction is required. If someone's just getting new windows, that would go to the building department, and and they are um, both the, the planners and the the uh, building department staff. Um, do know to check the the uh, historic register to before they approve something like that. Um, and, and there's always the the possibility that someone will make some kind of mod modification without seeking permits, and that that's more difficult to to catch. Um, uh, the, the ordinance also outlines maintenance requirements for listed resources. So properties that are, are listed on the, the register are uh, expected to be kept at a, a, a level of maintenance to prevent deterioration of the building. Uh, listed properties are also treated as historic resources for the purpose of CEQA review. And uh, they are eligible to use the, the state historical building code. So um, what I'm asking for you to consider today is to um, take any uh, public comment there might be and um, consider reaffirming your previous recommendation to the Board of Supervisors um, regarding um, uh, nomination of the four properties to uh, the um, county register. And uh, again, we're, we're considering three properties as landmarks and one property as a historic district. So the, the properties are White Cotton Cottage um, on Foothill Boulevard in Castor Valley, uh, uh, San Lorenzo Pioneer Cemetery on Hesperian Boulevard, uh, Old Castro Valley Library on Redwood Road in Castro Valley and the Lake Chabot Nike Missile Base. And the, the Missile Base is the one that um, you previously nominated as a historic district.
Very quickly, just a, a little background information on these sites. Um, this is the location of White Cotton Cottage. If you can see, it's the little um, yellow shape. Um, this is on the Fairmont campus, uh, which is uh, entirely owned by the county. Um, uh, 580 is down in the, the lower left corner. If, uh, Foothill Boulevard and then uh, Fairmont Drive going up the hill on the uh, upper left. Uh, Fairmont Hospital is down in the, the lower right um, facing on Foothill Boulevard. So it this, this is the, the location of the house right here. Um, this is a picture of it from a few years ago. Um, and your uh, staff report talks about um, the, the previous uh, proposal by GSA to demolish the house uh, in consideration of um, the demolition. There were uh, three sources of um, information about the historical significance uh, of the house that were considered. Um, just a, a quick timeline, the house was built in 1903 and until the 1950s, it served as the residence for the facility's superintendent. From the 1970s to 2000, the house was used as office space uh, and it has remained vacant since then. In 2019, GSA released the draft environmental impact report um, for the demolition um, and in September, on September 5th, 2019, your commission voted unanimously to oppose the proposed demolition and you sent a letter to GSA commenting on the draft EIR and you also sent a letter to the Board of Supervisors uh, expressing your opposition. Uh, in 2021, your commission voted to approve a resolution finding that the White Cotton Cottage meets the criteria in the Historic Preservation Ordinance and uh, to recommend that the Board of Supervisors approve the placement of the cottage on the uh, county register as a landmark. And uh, by the way, the, the GSA has never taken uh, the proposed demolition to the board for consideration. And as you heard at your last meeting, um, they are actually um, looking to now make improvements to the building to at least uh, stop its deter deterioration, if not um, consider uh, uh, upgrading it enough so it can be used for office space or, or something similar. San Lorenzo Pioneer Cemetery is located on the corner of Hesperian Boulevard and College Street uh, on land once owned by John uh, Llewelling and uh, William Meek. The first burial of record on the site occurred in 1853 and the uh, Cemetery Association was formed in 1864. Uh, many prominent early residents from the area are buried uh, in the cemetery 
And between 1920 and 1931, over 800 individuals who died at the Alameda County Infirmary, which is now Fairmont Hospital, which you just saw um, a few moments ago, um, <clears throat> were buried in the cemetery. And these are um, people who died in the, at the hospital who um, didn't have families who could afford to have them buried elsewhere. Uh, burials in the cemetery declined during the 1930s. Um, and on in 1961, the Board of Supervisors passed a resolution declaring the cemetery abandoned and dedicated the cemetery uh, as Pioneer Memorial Park. And this is uh, using a process that's outlined in state law. In 1963, the board passed another resolution ordering the construction of a memorial at the cemetery. Uh, and uh, in March of 1964, the cemetery was officially dedicated as the San Lorenzo Pioneer Memorial Park. Uh, in 1971, the cemetery was placed on the California State Register of Historic Resources as a point of interest. And um, in uh, October of 2021, your commission voted to approve a resolution which finds that the cemetery meets the criteria in the uh, Historic Preservation Ordinance and um, to recommend <clears throat> that the Board of Supervisors approve the placement of the cemetery on the county register as a landmark. Uh, Old Castor Valley Library uh, is located on um, Redwood Road in Castor Valley. It served the community from 1962 to 2009. The library was moved to uh, a newly constructed facility on Norbridge Avenue in 2009. And the, the building has, the old library has remained vacant since then. Uh, in October of 2021, um, the uh, uh, County uh, Economic and Civic Development Department, which is part of um, CDA, released a historic resource evaluation for the old Castro Valley Library. And the evaluation found that the, the library building uh, appears to be eligible for listing on the Alameda County Register uh, as a landmark uh, under Alameda County Register criterion number three as a distinctive example of mid-century modern architecture. Uh, on January 6th of 2022, your commission voted to approve a resolution which finds that the old Castro Valley Library meets the criteria in the Historic Preservation Ordinance, uh, and also recommending that the Board of Supervisors approve the placement of the library building on the county register as a landmark. Uh, the last property we're considering today is the Lake Chabot Nike Missile Base. And I know this is very hard to see, but um, just to give some context, uh, the the property is in the, the middle of the, um, the map, oops, sorry, um, outlined in yellow. Uh, Lake Chabot is... Um, little bit northeast of it. Um, Fairmont Drive is down here. So White Cotton Cottage is sort of way down at the bottom. Um, 
accessible by road? No, not not public road. There's a there's an access road, but it's it's not something that can be accessed by the public. Uh, again, I, I realize this is hard to see, but um, this is a, a site plan showing the, um, the the buildings on the site. Um, you have the access road here. There's a guard station. Sorry, uh, sensitive here. Uh, quarters building, a generator building, uh, corridor building, radar pads, and this is the radar building back here. Uh, we have to wait till public comment. Uh, so the uh, the Nike missile base um, was established in 1955 when the U.S. Army acquired the acreage through a lease with Alameda County. There were three functional areas, the integrated fire control area, the launch area, and the administrative area. Um, the uh, two of the areas are located on property that is currently owned by East Bay Regional Park District and um, are now part of Lake Chabot Regional Park. And I believe at least some of the buildings in, uh, in those in, on those properties are being used by the park district. Um, area SF31C is on property owned by uh, Alameda County, and that is the site that um, is being considered for placement on the register. The site has remained vacant since the Army deactivated the site in 1974. Uh, the, uh, the site and under consideration contains five buildings, uh, as I mentioned, the guard station, quarters building, generator building, the corridor building, uh, with the attached radar storage shed and the high power acquisition radar building. In 2020, GSA proposed the demolition of the quarters building and the radar storage shed, but um, never requested approval for the demolition from the board. So this is similar to the White Cotton Cottage in terms of the that the the demolition uh, approval of the demolition was was never sought um at your um march 3rd 2022 meeting uh your commission voted to approve a resolution nominating the nike site to the county register as a historic district um according to the criteria in the historic preservation ordinance and recommending approval of the nomination by the board of supervisors. That concludes my presentation. Be happy to uh, answer any questions that the commissioners have. Thank you, Liz. I have one question. Uh, the regional owns the park, owns the Nike site. The other uh, Nike sites are just has a long-term lease with the county uh, they actually own the other sites own it. Okay. yeah so I, have, um, I have two questions um the first is if a building has been um, nominated for the state historic register then it's considered somewhat automatic that it would qualify for the county register is that correct it would not automatically be put on on, it, on the register, be, but but the assumption is actually the 
the criteria in the historic the county's historic preservation ordinance are essentially the same as the the criteria for listing on the state register. So so yeah, the, the assumption is if they if something was approved for listing on the state register, that same information would qualify it for listing on the county register. Okay, and then is the reverse also true then since the the um, information is the same? So if, if these buildings were put on the county register, then they would be eligible uh, technically for the state register as well? Well, an application would need to be submitted to the state and then, and it, it would be, be up to the state to decide, but but I, I think you could presume that if something's accepted to the uh, uh, the, the county register that it it would likely qualify for a listing on the state register as well. The second question is um, then the age and deterioration of several of these buildings, um, especially White Cotton Cottage and the Nike missile site, which were um, promoted by the GSA to, to be demolished, uh, demolished originally. Um, can the Board of Supervisors consider the maintenance costs and uh, repairs to to these buildings, which is probably significant as part of their decision as to whether to place these properties on the register. I believe they could. Uh, I, I, I mean, the board can basically do do what they want. Um, that that's not specifically a criteria listed in the ordinances as something that that would be under consideration and, and there are certain findings that they're supposed to make. Um, but I, I, that, that would be up to the supervisors to decide. Technically, according to the register, they should be making it basically on the criteria, whether it fits the, the, um, criteria to be on the register then. Uh, yes. This one. Um, I brought up with GSA about them uh, take the the National Park Service taking over the missile site since it was a national spot at one time. Maybe there was a possibility. He said he was going to look into it. I don't know. I, I haven't heard anything. Um, what would it from... take to have it become a national park? I'm not familiar with that process. I, I'm assuming that the federal government would have to take possession of the property and and I they must have a, a process for approving uh property as parkland. I I don't know what that they is had, exactly. Uh, there's some place in Danville that was a writer, a famous writer and they made it a national park in Danville. Yeah. I was wondering maybe we can look into it, maybe because the national uh, National Park Service has a lot more resources than we do in Alameda County, and they may be able to fix it up and, you know, make it a park where people can go in the history of the world. Any other comments? Al? Another comment. Uh, I think that it we not need to notice that these are all publicly owned properties and so we do have the power to nominate them they're not privately owned which would require the private owner to nominate them 
but because these are publicly owned, we are we are fully empowered to nominate them for the national for the city, uh, county's historical register. And I just want to sort of get a confirmation or comment uh, because at least three of the sites that were voted on, I was not part of the commission. And I just want to hear from the potentially commissioners that were there at the time that they are still in agreement uh, with sort of these resolutions that we are sort of presenting. If I may, um, I've had the opportunity to um, walk all three uh, properties and um, I am uh, very supportive of us moving forward with this. Um, I like the idea of of nationalizing the, the Nike site. I am curious in my uh, my head now why Alameda hasn't done the same with the uh, the the Naval Air Station. Um, but I think that is a, a parallel process uh, that doesn't uh, negate or stop us from um, nominating the, the missile site. And, and so I want to, I think we should move forward with that. Um, and I think the, uh, the white cotton cottage um, where it's located, it's, it's history. I think it's extremely important. And the, the, uh, the, the pioneer cemetery I know has been worked on um, and it, and there's the fence uh, and there's previous history regarding the park um, aspect of it. And our, our chair uh, made mention of that before. Uh, the Castro Valley Library, I think, um, uh, you know, uh, other than some, some personal history that I have with that particular library, um, it's, it's location and it's, 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 it's building, I think, uh, for what it served for Castro Valley and that part of unincorporated Alameda County is extremely important. So I think it's all very important. Now, oh, you got public I make a comment. comment. Okay, we'll see. Well, uh, yes, please, Linda. Okay, thank you. Yes, yeah, so um, I think Liz did a great job of um, pulling together all this information from many, many reports and um, from some time ago. And I think it was it's very accurate to what we proposed in the resolution. I don't believe there's been any major changes to any of the properties. So um, I would be very happy to go. Any other comments from commissioners? All right, I'll open this item up to public comment if there are any comments on item H. Uh, just very briefly while we're we're waiting for speakers, I, I neglected to mention the um, the tentative meeting schedule to complete this process, which is in the, the staff report. Um, planning to take the Nike missile base to the Planning Commission on February 20th because that is the um, that the proposed historic district. Um, with the uh, a Board of Supervisors Transportation Planning Committee meeting on March 4th, and that's Supervisor Miley and Supervisor Hobart. 
um, and that is um, just to inform the supervisors um, that that this is proposed to come forward to the board and and give them a chance to to comment and um, and then uh, the first reading of the ordinance whose ordinances need two readings. Um, uh, before the Board of Supervisors uh, tentatively scheduled for March 14th. And then assuming that they approve it at that meeting, there would be a second reading a few weeks later. Well, any comments from the public on this? If you If you do have a comment on this, you can step up to the mic. online um are are those people who want to speak on this item uh it looks like one is item q and another one was item historic registry but i'm not sure what agenda item that is oh for this this particular item okay please step up to the mic i'm a neighbor of the old Valley. Uh, when I moved in, it was a library, uh, perfectly satisfactory and very convenient. By the way. Um, since then, of course, uh, you know, I'm concerned uh, about any potential use of that library uh, other than a historical uh, landmark, because I want to know how it's going to affect the neighborhood. I know at previous meetings, there were discussions of holding uh, weddings and uh, other kinds of uh, activities because it's more parking lot than it is building. Um, so if there's anything you know about now uh, that I should know about now, in other words, if there's any motive for making this an historical landmark, I can't believe it's the architecture. I see it on a regular basis. So the alternative um, that has been proposed is to build a several-story um, low-income housing at the site. I'm aware of that. I just want to know if there's anything that you're aware of now for its purpose as an historical landmark that I need to know about now. I can tell you that our Economic and Civic Development Department is um, studying potential uses they haven't determined any potential uses yet. So I, I, and I don't know exactly what the timeline is for releasing that, but there, there will be public meetings to talk about once they complete their study. Being untoward, I should know. Veterans have been interested in the site. I know the veterans and that, that seems like a good use for it. Also, these notifications, how off, how, how much in advance are we supposed to have them? Uh, 10 days and came at uh, 1800 last night. Thank you. Right above, right above the Alameda County, um, 
a memorial for uh, 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 minors who've been a uh, victim of, of violent crimes. Um, a, few, a lot of thoughts about this stuff. The Naval Air Station Alameda, that was slated for redevelopment. So they, they did not have, the city of Alameda does not have uh, historic, too much historic stuff on their minds. They wanted to, to uh, do, do uh, economic development there. Um, on the Castor Valley Library, um, one of the people who is one of the finest historical storytellers of our times talked about that. And I, it's, he told the Livermore newspaper, Pleasanton newspaper, something about that. He said, his name was Supervisor Scott Haggerty. He said, that was a shame, the whole redevelopment. Now you're getting into the politics side of it. I'll try to temper it a little bit. But Jerry Brown was then the governor. And part of that was the mayor of Oakland. The city of Oakland was quite honestly wasting their redevelopment money. They weren't doing things like building community assets, like building libraries, affordable housing, things like that. They were using it to fund cops and all kinds of other different things. So Jerry Brown got a very skewed idea of what other communities were doing with redevelopment. But in fact, the county. We were building libraries in Castor Valley. We were doing really good things with the redevelopment money, building affordable housing and all that. Because um, I'm a, a master storyteller, Supervisor Scott Haggerty, on how this Castor Valley library got built. Uh, and I have a couple of suggestions here. Uh, you know, first of all, when you put up these slides, why don't you put, give us a whole list of all the historic register things, whatever, uh, items, assets, sites, districts, on the slides. Um, and uh, there were 14, and I guess there's, that means there's 14 plus maybe five, 14 and a, or whatever, 14 plus five proposed. So maybe there's only 14. So, I, you know, I don't want to be uh, here uh, putting out proposals that are already on the list, but uh, naturally, uh, any of you been to the uh, Pleasanton uh, Fairgrounds know that that's owned by and operated by the Alameda County itself. And they have a lot of things there. One of them, they, they renamed it the Scott Haggerty Heritage House. It's a, it's a wonderful old building. Is it, a, is it on the list? Why is it not on the list? Why are we, why, let's put it on our list. We protect the heritage of Scott Haggerty and his house and used to be his, his uh, politician's headquarters of, the, of their offices. And then what about that water temple I, I mentioned? Everything was built in 1910. It's in uh, Sinol, unincorporated Alameda County. It's kind of, by the way, it has a duplicate. It has something over here by um, a Filoli House. It's called the Las Pulgas or something. And it's right there, you know, kind of like Los Altos Hills or somewhere. Oh, or maybe it's uh, Woodside someplace equally rich it's beautiful and this thing is in in Sinol is is very nice and it it it, it should be historic um it, it and they they repaired it and uh, but it, i just checked on google it says closed so i'm right about it being closed it is closed thank you thank you there are comments any online and There are no raised hands online. Um, do, do we need to vote on moving this forward, or is it? Um, yeah, I I would um, like you to um, make a motion and, and adopt it if you're 
um, if that's your desire to to just confirm your previous action to move this forward. Individually or all at once? If somebody's willing to to make a motion and we can get a second, then we can, or, or, or you mean the properties? Yeah. Um, if, if you're agreeable to moving all of them forward, um, we could do it all at once. Just to um, confirm your previous action on all four properties. Second it. Oh, someone makes the original motion. I don't, All right. I, what I said doesn't count. James makes the original motion. Move that we uh, put all four of these historic properties on the uh, Alameda County Historic Register. Hey, thank you, Al. A second? Second. All right. Uh, Commissioner Farley? Commissioner Menard? Yes. Commissioner Patterson? Yes. Commissioner Willis? Yes. Uh, and Vice Chair Schmeltz? Yes. The motion passes unanimously. Thank you. Right. Uh, the next, we're moving on to old business, item I-1. Discussion of potential historic district in Sunol and March 20th presentation to Sunol Citizens Advisory Council. Uh, so at your last few meetings, uh, your commission has talked about the possibility of considering a, a historic district in Sunol, uh, something along the lines of, of what you've talked about for the, um, the, the hatchery area. Um, where it would be not an official district like you're you've nominated the the Nike site for, but more of a um, like a, a recognition of the historic significance of the area and and being pro maybe providing educational signage and, and that sort of thing. Um, I spoke to the the chair of the Sonol Citizens Advisory Committee, and um, she was very interested in. Um, working with you on that. Um, and they happen to be going through a process with our economic and civic development department um, to do some um, improvements to their their main street area, um, maybe some you know planters and signage and and things like that. So it it's good timing to um, for you to work with them. Um, the the chair of the CAC suggested that um, some representatives from your commission uh, come and speak to the the CAC at one of their meetings to to talk about what you had in mind and and how you might want to work with them. Um, the presentation is tentatively scheduled for March twentieth, which is th they meet or uh, monthly on the the third Wednesday. Um, <clears throat> so if you're agreeable um, and are interested in, in coming up with a, a presentation, um, uh, we can do that. Um, if you would like to postpone it, um, I can contact the chair and, and let her know that you'd like a little more time. So um, I'm 
asking for for your interest uh, in in first in making the presentation at all, and then whether you would be interested in preparing something for March twentieth. I guess um, for the March twentieth meeting, do you know what time they meet? Do they meet at six thirty in the evening at the Snow Glen School. So if you haven't seen the uh, historic property listed on the county register, you could do that. Does Sunol School be part of that historic district? Oh, I don't believe you've... Um, already on the register, right? It, it's on the county register already, so it, it wouldn't need to be, but I, I don't believe you've talked about specific boundaries yet. Guess I'll inquire whether anyone is interested in the March twentieth date as of now. That paper was taken. Okay. Yeah. So it'd be good for to have input from her if we could maybe move it to uh, March, um, and have uh, hopefully Piper will be there. Uh, Jerry McKnight will be there uh, to express her interest in going. <laughs> for not showing up <laughs> she gets assigned when she's absent <laughs> yeah okay so we'll continue this to the next meeting any comments from the public on item one uh, i1 Those of you who don't know, March 20th of 2023, it is the vernal equinox. Before. Oh, 24. Um, well, I'm not so sure. It, it could be the day before the day after. I'm looking at uh, Wikipedia, and I'm not sure what the exact date is here. But uh, it's right about the... Uh, the uh, vernal equinox, it's a very, it's a, it's celebrated worldwide. It's a major uh, um, pagan festival. Thanks. The hands from online. No raised hands online. Right. We're on to item I2, Subcommittee on Prevention of Damage to Vacant Privately Owned Historical Significant Buildings. Who is on that subcommittee? Al and myself were on that. Okay. Anything to report? With a, a strategy, the first meeting, the second meeting with the solution. Didn't have enough time to present it. We were going to, it was the 24th was our last meeting. And we thought that's not enough time for Liz. So we are going to type it out now and submit it to Liz. So it'll be ready for the next. As we do have a question for our, our subcommittee. How many um, permits, construction permits are issued in Alameda County unincorporated area? I don't have to answer. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> it, well, I, I saw your email to Maria Palmieri. And I believe she forwarded it to the building department. They they would know. I would estimate thousands. Um, people get permits for you know when they replace their water heater or remodel their kitchen or put on a new roof. So there's you had a suggestion. We're working on it still. Maybe a dollar fee 
because fees can be posed by the Board of Supervisors, and these fees can be used to go for the historical surveys every 15 years, or we can do, um, you know, preservation with the money. But we're thinking that there should be a preservation fee charged for every construction permit issued in Alameda. All fee, it's not going to cost much. So I don't see why they wouldn't do it. Or $2. I mean, it's not each construction. I mean, it's like, and it, it's helping to preserve buildings. So, and that will be on our next. Uh... I look forward to that. Uh, <laughs> there are comments or updates? from the public there's no raised hands online right uh, moving to item i3 proposed hatchery historic district uh subcommittee uh e i have an idea um there seems to be a confluence not unlike the uh water that that rolls through this particular area um, regarding who and what is going on there's the uh, hard uh, that is planning on creating a uh, an area a resource area uh, there is uh, you know in them for our historical plaque uh, uh, subcommittee uh, that's talking about a historical plaque for the the building that's there. Um, we have interested uh, members of the community uh, about that area. We have development happening at that area. Um, at uh, so lots of go lots of talk. Uh, but not, no action has been taken that I that I know of. The trees in a privately owned area were um, removed, uh, according to one member of the community, uh, Dr. Maris. But, but uh, as far as uh, we we talked about boundaries, and and, uh, and that's as far as we've progressed. We. Uh, I think we're also uh, waiting for more dialogue with uh, the uh, residents of the Sonol area to help articulate what a historic district uh, posing that to the supervisors. More of a historic area, right, okay. So at, at this point, then, is it then up to us just to say this is what we define as a historical area or correct? And I think something we're, and, but I'd also like to know what what's what's happening with uh, Chair McKnight and and Sonol in terms okay. of what they want. I think those are too similar. And if we can combine forces, then I think we have a, a, a louder voice with the supervisors to hear in terms of a, a historical district and a historical area unbinding as is mm -hmm. in terms of 
question. Um, so uh, back to Sunol, which which relates to this because everyone's looking to Sunol to to provide some direction for the Hatchery District. But is the water tower included in the Sunol Group's proposal for a historic district? I know it's not near downtown, but well, your water you're, tower. I mean, the water temple. I mean, yeah. The commission is the one that has proposed the historic district. So it would be up to you to propose uh, a boundary for the district and the the CAC I'm sure would would weigh in on um you know whether whether they would suggest suggest any modifications or not but it, it they haven't been talking about they they have been talking about historical signage or you know signage to to point out the location of historical resources in their community, but they have not uh, proposed it as a historic district. So the historic district, everything doesn't have to be contingent or cl very close to each other. So I, mean, it, I I think it would be nice if it was <laughs> contiguous, but right. it. I okay. I don't think there's any rule that okay. says it has to be. All right. So all right. Good. Thank you. Does the county have a historic overlay district? Uh, does it recognize that, or is that uh, not in their purview, or what? There is a, a historic. Um, uh, I don't remember exactly what it's called, but it's it, it it's essentially a historic preservation overlay zoning district. And I, I sent a link um, to that ordinance uh, after your last meeting. Um, the only property that that currently applies to um, that I know of is uh, the Lorenzo Theater. Thank you, Jim. So it sounds like we'll sort of wait till we hear about what's happening in Sunol to sort of get some movement or around designating multiple districts areas. Much like what we proposed earlier regarding multiple sites in one uh, motion, it would be, I think, advantageous for us to be able to offer to the supervisors these two historic areas. Um, I think given where the Hatchery District, district is located, um, hearing from uh, the, the Advisory Council from Sonoa, they seem to have, uh, Sonoa seems to be a, a much more vocal and, and unified um, area uh, in light of some of the other politics that are going on there. So it'd be interesting to hear and get feedback from them about what the pros and cons are um, for that. Um, we have, uh, actually we have one step farther than Sonoa. We have our boundaries, our, our geographical map of the hatchery district. If Sonoa's interested in, and working with them, it'd be nice to get their definition um, and in light of uh, earlier comments from um, the public, uh, given 
the ownership of some of the area um, by a non-Alameda County um, uh, agency, uh, it, it'd be interesting to see what, um, what the Water Temple and that area um, ha have. Um, it certainly has a big effect on Alameda County and it'd be nice to know logical and uh, the hatchery building i understand part of it is uh being used by eden housing to put in low-income housing another part of it is going to be for hard for a park in that area uh has either one of these organizations uh uh voiced uh, said anything about uh, having a historic district in that area I haven't, uh, well, uh, someone from HARD has uh, spoken to this commission. Uh, they were willing to put up signage, I know. Yeah. But uh, I don't I don't remember them saying that they were interested in having a historic district there. I could have missed it. Um, I, they may not have ex explicitly said that, but they've attended meetings where you've talked about creating the historic district and and um at, at the very least they expressed interest in in your assistance with signage and and their willingness to put signs uh on the the property that they're where they're putting their their park area and and trail that's it sounds like Maybe they want us to make the first move, and they're amenable to probably what we suggest. Yeah, and I don't know. Modifications, maybe. Um, they they might not be quite in the the part of their process where they're, you know, looking at verbiage for signage and things like that. Now. Hatchery area, if we're looking at the hatchery area, we've got San Lorenzo Creek, I believe it is, running through that property. And traditionally, uh, property rights go out to the center of the uh, riparian right, uh, the right-of-way. So the, out in the middle of the creek would be the boundary line, technically. I think on the other side of it uh, is Hayward. So we couldn't probably, uh, I don't know whether Hayward would accept it, but I, uh, I think... If we're looking at it, I think we've got to go to the center because I I don't know of any development on the other side of the creek. Uh, I only know of the trail on, on the one side of the creek. And uh, if there's only trail on one side of the creek, it, it should be all in a historic district, I think. On, on the um, Hayward side of the creek, uh, it's developed with um, most of that side is uh apartments i don't believe there's room for a, a trail on that side any other comments if that is a subcommittee who's on that subcommittee you are okay i was i did the field trip yeah uh, I did the... we did the field trip yeah and dr maris as well so we we walked pretty much the the focal point around the creek. Uh, I'd, 
than to consider. I would be interested in seeing at some point in time a a sort of a detailed map, uh, a geological map of that area, so we could determine what you're proposing as a historic district uh, for it. And I don't think that would be all that difficult to do, but uh, I have enough to do it and defer to. We have a a map. Uh, thanks to Elizabeth, who who who. I took my little Google map and you improved on it. So maybe we could reintroduce that at our next meeting, you know, just to yeah. refresh the question. I, I think on that map, I just used the, the, the boundary between the city and the county uh, in the Creek area um, as the boundary of the historic district. Always on the historic district, right? Yeah. We talked about that, the importance of the that. Um, any comments from the public? Raised hand. Go ahead. Hi, it's uh, Dr. Ann Maris here. I um, am on the board of Friends of San Lorenzo Creek and uh, organizer of Groveway Neighborhoods, which is a resident-led uh, group around this proposed historic district. Uh, so I wanna thank you for your attention to the area and for your continued interest in um, you know, bringing anything good to this area. It's um, the site of the uh, 238 freeway that was canceled, so it suffered under decades of destruction and uh, so it's really important um, that we uplift it in some way. I've been working with, you know, Eden Housing did do major environmental damage there, taking out 97 trees. And I've worked to, um, you know, do whatever I can to get something good out of that. And the Eden Housing um, project manager has been amenable. So we've, um, you know, put him in touch with a tree up, you know, reuser. So that some of the trees, the ancient, not ancient, old trees should be incorporated in the uh, in the building. And uh, the uh, center of the creek area and two acres there is a conservation easement um, where uh, restoration is required for freeway damage done on a 84. So it's not in the area. And uh, we're working, um, Eden Housing is working with Segorite Land Trust to restore that to indigenous hands. And so far, um, that process seems to be working. So we have that in the center. Um, the There were uh, iron artifacts dug up that uh, weren't recorded, but neighbors took pictures and sent them to me. And I contacted Eden Housing and Hayward Area Historical and HARD to see if we could use them. And Eden Housing uh, decided um, to use them also in the upcoming trail and trailhead there. So, so we, we've conserved some stuff there. Um, what else? Oh, the steam laundry, the history there is really interesting because due to Eden Housing's uh, environmental cleanup, they discovered or, or proved that it was not a dry clean uh, place, that it was an actual steam laundry. And so those chemicals were not there contaminating the soil if it would have been a normal dry clean. 
Um, I'm also, uh, you know, doing other historical research on the uh, families that were there. And uh, the trail will only be on one side. Yes, on the Castro Valley side. On the other side, there is a dense depart- uh, apartment building going in, and they were planning uh, benches overlooking the creek area. So that would look look there. If, if you drive by, you'll see that um, it's really been pretty uh, messed up there. All the trees are gone around the creek. And um, so Friends of San Lorenzo Creek has been working with the developers to stay out of the conservation easement. Um, thank you. Thank you very much, Dr. Maris. I'd like to uh, thank Dr. Maris again for all your hard work and effort on, on this. Um, you know, I was mentioning earlier that there seems to be such a confluence of, of um, people working on it. We also have the, the trail. I think that's later on in our, um, uh, well, we've, we've talked about it here in the commission, but the, the East-West trail should go all the way through that particular area and part of the historical district. So we're also um, working with uh, that that group in, in terms of what the trail will look like. We're not even there yet, but. Does the county have a tree ordinance? I know some places have tree ordinances. So if you cut down trees over six inches in diameter or something like this, uh, you've got to replace them uh, at a two to one or a one to one ratio in some other area. Does the county have such an ordinance? No, not for private property. For private property. Bummer. Edwoods have it. The people that have the saguaro cactus, they all have those ordinances. comments that's something that is um uh being considered in the some other projects we're working on the the environmental justice element and also the the climate action plan will include um programs to uh for the county to to consider uh, an ordinance of some type on on that would protect trees on private property but we don't have it currently Moving on to item I-4, Historical Plaque Subcommittee. Is on that committee? McKnight? Um, for alert to what was being written about a plaque, but I don't recall um, Yeah, so I know we reviewed plaque language at previous meetings and wondering where we stand at that point. Well, uh, I, I know for the, um, the, the hatchery building, uh, you did approve language and, and that was um, the, the developer of, of that um, or building or the, the, the applicant to reuse that building had uh, agreed to put a plaque on the building and and the language that you approved was passed on to the developer. Um, so um, that your language will be included on, in a plaque on, on that building when that, um, 
that development happens. Um, and uh, Commissioner Farley did provide some information about um, vendors that, that can provide plaques. I have not had the opportunity to um, contact any of them or, or look at the, the process that, that the county would require to actually purchase any plaques. Um, but one of the ones I provided had hard had used and also the city of Dublin has used one of them. So. Right. The, the, the county has quite a extensive procurement process that, that we need to go through. Um, so I just need to confirm what that is and, and move that forward. I, I believe since the developer is providing the, the plaque for the hatchery building, I, I believe at this point we're just looking um, at the plaque for uh, 22319 Meekland Avenue, um, which you previously provided or approved the, the language for. So that that's something that's in the works. Can we request that um, now that the language has been given to the developer that they hopefully report back to uh, the planning commission and then eventually to us that it's been installed? So I'll request that. Thank you. We're just doing that. Why can't we have some kind of a celebration when the plaque is installed? Because getting good PR is always good for historical resources and historical plaques and for this commission. I think it'd be a Maybe we can schedule a field trip when it's when it's installed. Need to find out in advance so we can get some uh, newspaper coverage of it so that there's a lot of a lot of hoorah going on. That's good. Yeah. And uh I thought on the Meekland uh, plaque, I thought the uh, last time I remember, uh, Piper took that and said that she was going to reword it. She was going to wordsmith it, and I haven't seen a, the latest edition of that. Uh, do you know if there's been a latest edition from her or anybody else? I I believe she did propose changes, and, and we made those. I, I can go back and review thought she was going to take it home and, and work on it and bring it back at another meeting and I, I don't remember it ever coming back. I, I I believe it did, but I'll I'll double check on that. Any other comments on the plaques? Any comments from the public on the plaques? Uh no raised hands. Moving on to item I-5, Mills Act Subcommittee. I believe that is uh, myself. I, I will have to try to remember where we are um, in, in that process. Um, I think we had, again, some uh, agreed on some language for the letters to go out. I think there was some determination on whether or not we wanted to send the letters out now or after we have potentially identified uh, more locations. So I don't know what others have recalled their list. Do you know where we stand with this? Uh, my recollection is that you, uh, your, your commission had agreed to send letters out now um 
because it, it's likely to to be uh, uh, sometime in the future that that any a, a new list uh, is going to be produced. So I, I have not yet sent out the letters, um, but uh, I'm planning to do so soon. And then um, and and that the letters would go to the the previous list that was done when the historic preservation ordinance was uh, first adopted. Um, when any new list uh, is produced, then we can send out letters to um, any new properties that are identified as well. There was a question, a phone number where they could call if they had just basic questions, right? I think it would potentially be the, the planning office. Yeah. Um, Liz, if it wouldn't be too much trouble, as an informational item, can you uh, give us our, uh, a copy of, again, the letter that is being sent out and the list of um, places that it's being sent, uh, just so we have it for our records as well? So I can do that. Also suggested that it would be posted at the county libraries, that way people get educated on the Mills Act. Uh, uh, if it's possible to to send to county libraries uh, a copy of, of the the letter with potential instructions to to post in a public area, uh, we should be able to do that. We we do um, provide documents to the library and ask them to provide access to the public. Good suggestion. Anything else on this? Any comments from the public? Or no raised hands. And going on to item I-6, Potential Historic Survey Student Project. So um, from probably a couple of meetings ago, I had drafted some language, which um, Liz has included in your packet. Uh, this was in relation to some comments that we had on the language of a potential uh, request for proposals for um, a historical survey. Uh, again, uh, uh, amount of money to be determined. And um, I think we would like to, uh, I've put, comments in based on feedback from the commission. Uh, also, in regards to this item, uh, Commissioner Willis had sent a list of questions um, in which also I tried to address in the track change document, uh, but there, there are a list of the original questions that she had sent out. I'm trying to incorporate um, these uh, comments into the, the draft. Uh, there, with the draft, there are some additional comments or questions that I posed uh, to the commission as well. So um, generally, I think one of the main comments uh, would be who's going to review proposals, who's going to um, particularly award uh, who gets this, and is that us, or are we going? Are we going to do someone else? Uh, I think would be some one of the 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 main questions. We would also have to think about later in detail whoever is going to evaluate 
you know, some uh, criteria uh, around the the, uh, the evaluation. Like, um, if if we're evaluating it, can we make a judgment on who is an expert in historical survey? Maybe, you know, considering our uh, committee, but again, uh, just sort of answer some of these questions. So we don't have to answer uh, all of that, uh, this now, but I think this is, uh, in a good place for us to consider all those items moving forward. Is who's done uh, past survey historical surveys? Is the planning department the county uh, hired uh, consultants to do the surveys? Who who's the lead on it? The planning commission. The the planning department. For historical reference uh i was involved with the uh, fremont historical uh, survey done in approximately 99 1999 and consultants went out it was based in research as i recall and they photographed uh or or they took down the address of every historic looking building on every his street that was in existence 50 years ago or 45 years ago. They took a, a, the address down of any building that looked borderline historic. And that was a list of uh, several thousand uh, addresses in Fremont. Then they opened it up to the general public to uh, select certain ones to do basically their own DPR form of it. And I did two or three of them, and each one I thought I was pretty knowledgeable at that time. I'd served on, uh, I'd been active for two or three years, and I thought I knew pretty much what was going on. And I turned them in, and there was lots of flaws. So I would suggest that we get uh, that we make sure that the county hires a a certified historical architect as a consulting firm to do those. But it was a good way to determine which ones the public liked uh, to have on a historic register. And, and it was a cheap way to do a, a sort of a, a preliminary sort and file uh, of, of the historic buildings. And I, I thought it worked pretty good, but uh, we didn't have near enough public involved in, in the process, but it, we still got, um, I don't know, uh, a few. Uh, and I, I think this would be to your comment of doing sort of a a quick survey as opposed to a more in-depth one so that we can at least get a uh, a list of of properties, a list of um, potential sites that we can look at or if it if anything comes across our, our deck, we can sort of cross-reference it with those sites. So I think that's why um, asking, you know, for a, a, a quick survey that really gets uh, more quantity than quality uh, at this point in time. So I think that's maybe how we look at this request for proposals is really we want a, a, a big list so we can make some more in-depth decisions. Um, as I mentioned before, no, we don't have to have an uh, in-depth discussion about this, but if you please have time between now and the next meeting to look at this and uh, 
come maybe prepared to talk a little bit more about that, that we can uh, start to finalize uh, some of this and work with the planning department, uh, particularly considering uh, a timeline and a potential budget um, going forward. You emailed out in our original packet, didn't you, Liz? Um, emailed. I, I didn't look at the online when I got the hard copy because uh, this is pretty small for my old eyes. And um, I'd like to be able to blow it up on my computer so I can read it a little easier. Yeah, if it wasn't in the email you received, um, I can let you know where the um, the agenda is posted online and and uh, each attachment there's a link to each attachment on the agenda that's posted online and so you could access it there okay I'll probably be able to find it then thank you I have trouble I know what your address is <laughs> uh, any comments from the public uh, there's no raised hand. Next item, I-7, potential reuse of old Cherryland Fire Station, 109 Grove Way. Um, I know we've been talking about this property, particularly with uh, individual coming and wanting to use this property. Um, but um, I think GSA um, is maybe still trying to sell it. Uh, I don't know where we are with that. Uh, all that I've uh, had an opportunity to find out is that the the property is owned by uh, the the county fire department. Um, the fire department contracted with GSA to uh, for the sale of the building, um, but but that's it. So that the the property is actually controlled by the fire department. Um, I have not had the opportunity to try to find out who in the fire department might um, be able to um, speak to uh, potential reuse of the property. Um, I know that I, I can't remember his name right now, but the, the, the person who did speak to this, your commission about potentially using the property, um, I, I believe he talked to people in the fire department and, and, at, at that point, they, they were not interested in, in letting him reuse or use the property uh, for his project. Um, and I have not heard any more um, movement in terms of um, whether they're pursuing the sale or, or what use might be considered for the property. In, in terms of uh, potentially designating this site, since the county fire department owns it it's again technically the county and if we do put a proposal forth to declare it a historic site um i mean it's it's all within the county's jurisdiction is that is that correct uh yes question has anyone uh, in the fire department been contacted in regards to having a fire uh, museum? Uh, I know several years ago, maybe close to 30 years ago, uh, 
Niles had a, a little building that they had a fire museum in and, and they were just renting the space and, and then the owner of the property kicked them out. And uh, I know that there were some firemen that, that really wanted to put a fire museum together in their space. And I know in uh, Union City, they've got a fire, or they used to have, I don't know, I haven't been by there for a while. They used to have a fire truck, an old fire truck in their space. And I know that there's some other fire old fire trucks around uh, that would be very appropriate inside there. And I think uh, a fire museum would be an excellent because I, I know that that draws a lot of um, uh, public uh, history uh, people in to look at old firehouses and fire stations and fire equipment. And I, I think it'd be a huge draw for uh, historical tourism. I'm not aware of anyone suggesting that to the fire department. Have a contact person for uh, the fire department? That would, I, you know, I, I don't. I would have to do some research on that. Okay, great. Thank you. Other thoughts, comments? Um, I know Dr. Maris had mentioned uh, that this was a, a, a key property in in this particular area uh, that um, could be used for a number of different community events and um, concerns. Uh, so, uh, you know, historically, the the history of the building goes back to the late 1800s almost in terms of um, when most houses in the area were wood and there were more fires. And so a, a firehouse needed to be centrally located um, because the potential for fire was much greater than it is now in terms of building codes, et cetera. So um, I am interested in hearing what the local community uh, would like to see in terms of this property. Um, it, it has historical significance, the buildings that it served at the time, those buildings have changed now um, and the building uh, codes have changed. So this property I think is, is key in terms of the history and the development of the area, uh, but the needs have changed, and and I um, and I believe we heard that that Alameda County Fire wasn't interested in using it as a historical museum, uh, that they weren't really interested, but that they were blocking this gentleman. I believe he he wanted to build um, uh, something to do with flight, if I recall. Um, but they were blocking that particular development too. So it it stands by itself vacant. And um, I do know that um, there are lots of ideas for the property. I'm not so sure about the building. And I... Liz, I hate to ask again because I feel like we've talked about this, but what was the the status of our sort of idea of designating this as a his, historic site? Uh, you, your commission had previously 
asked uh, for a historical historical evaluation because it is, as far as I know, no um, official, for lack of a better word, um, evaluation had been done. And um, I was told that, that there was no money for doing that and, and that wasn't something that the, um, the county was agreeable um, with doing. Um, so that without that evaluation, it, it's difficult to move forward with a, a, a nomination to the, the county register. I, I think maybe at this point in time to Commissioner Menard's point is potentially to reach out to the county fire department maybe ask them what they would like to do with it, uh, inform them of our interest in making it a historical site and uh, potentially our um, support and if they would like to make it a museum or something else of uh, value to the community um, as uh, Commissioner Patterson mentioned as well. And I think that's sort of um, where we stand now for that. But thank you again for the update. Any uh, comments from the public? Yes, we do have a raised hand. Hello, Hello. Dr. Mayor's here again. Thank you. And uh, also, thanks again for your attention to this building. It was uh, kind of overlooked for a while. Um, so, the uh, we uh, chair, so Cindy Torres, the president of the Cherryland Community Association, um, you know, isn't, I, I haven't heard her speak. So, uh, at this meeting, but she has a lot of interest in preserving this building for the Cherryland community and has, uh, talked to several organizations about it, in, including Eden Community Land Trust, uh, where I sit on the board of that particular organization. And we have been attempting to acquire this building, uh, since 2020 and it's it's been really uh difficult so you know we attempted to uh you know participate in the auction it's uh, gone up for sale twice now apparently they're not gonna put it up for sale again and i'm not a, i'm not clear so it would be really great if you could contact the fire department and see um you know where they're at with that i i haven't done that myself yet and uh, the firemen, um, several firemen, about four or five firemen, did give us a tour of the building several years ago, probably even 2020, 2021. And they had great affection for the building and interest in preserving it as possibly like a union, you know, a place where their union could meet. And they loved the museum idea. They offered to donate uh, materials that they preserved from the building. So, so that's not an official you know, comment, but that's from the voice of several, several firemen. So, so there is an interest. And uh, I think at the last meeting, what your commission was going to do was write a letter to GSA and ask that the building would be protected during the rainstorms this winter. And so I'm curious uh, if that happened and if the building's been um, protected at all. And uh, let's see, I did a public information request and got the last two title reports. Um, which only go back to the 80s 
So I have to actually go to the county and dig through the uh, records to to go back earlier. Um, and I guess the county doesn't have uh, that information. According to the newspapers, it was built by the residents um, for the community. It was donated um, by the fire chief, um, the cupboard. And uh, it was built during the war on weekend over the weekend. So so it's really really has a lot of neat history to it. And um, I also haven't researched other firehouse museums, but that's on my to do list. So thank you, uh, Commissioner Menard, for the some information with with that. And um, let, let's save it, you guys. Thanks. Thank you. Moving on to item I-8, update on proposed demolition of Tank House at 2850 Grove Way, Castro Valley. I don't have any update on that. Bye, <laughs> Any other comments? I just have a question back on the Cherryland uh, Firehouse. W was a letter sent, or were we? Where are we on that? It's to protect it against the weather. I did not send a letter to GSA because, uh, as I said earlier, GSA is not responsible for the building. It's the fire department, and I haven't had a chance to try to find the the right person in in the fire department to contact. So okay, that's on my list. Comments, Tank House? One comment. Uh, the problem with tank houses is secondary use. And uh, Castro Valley's got an interesting history of tank houses and that they used one for a library for a period of time. And uh, so, and, uh, as well as a chicken hatchery for a library at one time. So there, there's some historical interest in it, but most of the time it's uh, very difficult. I know we had one in Fremont moved from uh, the the Leal property over to Patterson Ranch, and it's on the ranch and it's uh, uh, open to the public, so you can go in and see where water comes from and goes and all this kind of stuff. It's sort of interesting, and it's uh, it's on some kind of historical register, I'm sure, but it. And it's it's real nice. The uh, Rotary helped uh, relocate it and rebuild it, I think, basically. And uh, and those are nice. But it, finding secondary uses for them is very very difficult. And if you can find a good historical reference other than uh, uh, cell phone towers, uh, let me know. I just want to go on record um, that. I want people to think when they develop to try to incorporate old buildings into their new structures. That way we can save as many old buildings as possible. I just want that to be on the public. And I think that was sort of our recommendation to this um, proposed demolition as well is that they, you know, uh, we contact the developer and that they do hopefully do that. But I mean, this also brought to light uh, the issue that uh, GSA could declare without this committee's put um, 
whether or not something was of historical value or not. And we found out after the fact regarding the tank house. Um, and so just in terms of process and the efficacy of this committee, just where we are in this in the process of determining what's historically significant and working uh, more closely with GSA in terms of their protocols are and what our protocols are and, and becoming more aligned. Um, if I recall, uh, that was also an issue that came to light. Oh, that uh, agreed. And that I think is a good suggestion. And I think, and I don't know if this is possible uh, we had the visitor from uh, GSA who is potentially going to look into uh, some things for us, but um, maybe it's uh, worthwhile to agendize um, updates from GSA uh, in terms of, as um, Commissioner uh, Patterson mentioned, um, a process in how we engage uh, with GSA and sort of a, a communication and dialogue between um, us as a commission and them, uh, particularly when it comes to uh, their thoughts on uh, demolishing certain properties. So if, if that's possible. Uh, you you had previously, previously talked about, um, like at your last meeting, you had the presentation from uh, the GSA staff on, on some of their work on some of the properties you talked about earlier. For this particular property, GSA was not involved in this because it's not county owned. Uh, it, it's privately owned. Um, and it was the, the planning department um, through the development application that, that made the determination. And, and that process is laid out in the historic preservation ordinance. Um, but we can have further discussion of that at, at your future meeting. Yes. Thank you. Don't we have a, a don't we have a demolition ordinance so that buildings that are over fifty years have to come be historically significant? Uh, County-owned properties or all properties? It, it, properties that are fifty years or older don't automatically come to your commission if they're proposed for demolition. There's a review process in the in the historic preservation ordinance where an application comes to planning staff and planning staff makes the determination, like, like an, an initial determination of whether a property um, appears to be of historic value or not. And, and it um, staff looks at um, whether a property is listed on any of the historic surveys and um, uh, or if it's on the register or, or, or if it you know, a, a appears to be um, uh, of of some significance, uh, and then the determination is made. If it looks like it might be of historical significance, then it comes to your commission. Uh, otherwise, um, it's uh, uh, okayed for demolition. I've seen some instances where they've demolished things and they found things and they stopped demolition. How does that work? Because I've seen where they actually dug up a glass coffin with a little girl in it and it was set for the demolition, but they stopped demolition because this was 
an historical thing they found. So how does that work in Alameda County? There is uh, when a, a development is approved, there is um, uh, there are standard conditions of approval that are imposed on pretty much any development of any significance where if to, to mitigate any potential architect or archaeological um, or paleontological impacts, um, the condition requires that um, in the case of archaeological um, artifacts, um, that an archaeologist be uh, on, at the site when an um, excavation is happening. So if they find something that looks like it might be uh, of some interest, some kind of artifact, um, the the condition requires that construction stop until the item found can be examined and, and determined um, whether it's it's actually um, you know a, an artifact to be considered or not. That's so that that's how it stops. Okay. Or you know if a dinosaur bone is found or something like that. It hits a backhoe with a woolly mammoth and then boom. But also for protective endangered species too, like birds and and things like that as well, right? Um, Red-legged frogs and if if it's determined that that there's a possibility of of a particular species by, being on a property, yeah. Um, I don't mind and if you could help jog my memory. We had a speaker in front of this commission requesting the demolition of uh, uh, one of the first um, drive-through hamburger um, uh, spots. There's one in San Leandro on East 14th. I live right across the street from it. Um, but it, it, that person came to this commission requesting a vote, if if you will, uh, uh, in terms of that. How did how did that come to our attention? And not the tank house. Do we do we have an idea? Because that property, the the drive-in, was listed in uh, one of the county's historical surveys. This property in Castro Valley was not part of any survey. It was, no, it was private property. I I have the photos. So I was looking at the photos. Yeah, it's a man. Uh, the historical surveys uh, that I've seen from the county on unincorporated land, they haven't covered all of the unincorporated land, I don't think, but they've all been, uh, the bulk of it has been privately owned property, hasn't it? And, uh, the the surveys uh, include both private and, pro and, and public property. That speaks really to the importance of the surveys and the properties being on the register too, because then, then that is one of the things that you what we're where we're headed is a good direction. Comments or comments from the public on this item? Uh, there are no raised hands. 
Okay. Uh, moving on to item I-9, continuing projects, uh, proposed trails, the Niles Canyon Trail, and the San Lorenzo Creekway Foothill Trail Master Plan. I don't have updates on, on either of those projects. The update that I know about, I saw in the paper that uh, Vallejo Mills, which is on the end of the Niles Canyon Trail, has been is being developed currently by the city of Fremont, and it will include uh, some restrooms and a pickleball court. Uh, so uh, there is some development going on, and 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 I it has some ruins from the old uh, mill up on this hill up there by the railroad tracks. And I haven't seen anything positive or negative on that uh, yet, but uh, um, I, I worry when they start putting pickleball courts in on historic properties, I'm sorry, but I do. Um, I comment, I wanna thank our fellow commissioner for providing um, the Hayward area uh, district to, uh, newsletter and uh, in that um, handout he gave us on uh, page 17 was the San Lorenzo Creekway vision and goals. Uh, we did hear from HARD regarding that they did get funded for this um, seven mile trail through the district. Um, and again, that also uh, includes the, the Ruby Meadows and the, the area that we uh, were talking about on um, item uh, I three, uh, but um, hard definitely is making uh, note that they they have twenty seven million dollars towards um, that way, and um, I they they did make a present. We'll need more money, probably, probably. Thank you. Right. Any update on the Caltrans Route 84 bridge project? Oh, I data on that. I'm sorry. Bridge is in. The old bridge is gone. I know that. I don't know what happened to the plaques on both ends of the bridge. I got a talk somebody at Caltrans probably and uh, say they've got a museum in Sacramento. I may have to drive down to Sacramento and check it out. Do they end it up there? Called it that some tried. oh it's a we wooden... tried and, and they they weren't they didn't ever respond. As far as I know, they haven't responded. I have heard uh, from the museum that they get them, and I'm sure that I would have heard. Were there comments, uh, comments from the public on these items? No raised hands. Right. Um, moving on to item J, commission announcements. Uh, and commission announcements. Any announcements or uh, liaison reports from anyone? I, I would like to 
thank again our uh, commissioner for getting us business cards or Liz for getting that. Um, I, I did use them. I've done it. And yeah. so thank you very much. Uh, so my name on it, I wrote my name in, but thank you. Uh, I've got just one comment. Uh, I've been working with uh, Mission Peak Heritage Foundation to get the, the Shin uh, House in Fremont uh, and several outbuildings all put on uh, the California Register for Historic Places as a historic district. Uh, we've hired uh, Michael Corbett to do the historical analysis and we've giving him a pretty good chunk of money and we need another big chunk of money before we can get it finished. But it looks as though maybe uh, the end of this month or early or sometime next month, we'll be able to present this to the state for inclusion on the, a national, uh, the first time for the first go around and probably uh, some more edits and, and stuff, but it, it's an expensive process. Uh, we put to housing in it now. We need another thousand to. Yeah, I think it's going to be. Project when we. Sounds good. I'm glad you guys at least had some of the money to start the project. It's all privately funded. I'll okay. tell you, there was no public money involved. <laughs> I just have one comment. I'd like to thank my fellow commissioners. It's been great serving on this committee. I think we've gotten a lot accomplished with the help of Liz and her staff. This has been just a great experience for me and I appreciate everything. Aye. Are <laughs> comments or reports from anyone? All right. Um, I'm not sure what we do with item K. Uh, that that's just if if commissioners have any ideas for future agenda items that have not already been discussed, this is an opportunity to state those. Any items for the agenda? I don't have any items, but I wanted to ask um, if we could get the uh, meeting times and locations for. The dates, the, the ones going. Right, there's going one forward. like February twentieth, and one March, I think, a couple of March. Hmm. I don't know where those meetings are and how we'd be notified. Uh, I I can send you that information. The um, the uh, board transportation and planning committee and the the board of supervisors meeting would be in Oakland at, at the in the board chambers. Um, I can send you um, the lo the location on the county website where you can find that information. You have a good parking garage, but you have to go early because it backs. I mean that that three or five story parking garage fills up fast. Right. Um, no other items. Uh, we can call this meeting to a close. Thank you very much.